and welcome to this episode of Ann Arbor AF, a podcast for folks trying to figure out what's going on in Ann Arbor. We discuss current events in local politics and policy, governance, and other civic good times. I'm Jess Lita, and I'm here with my co-host Molly Kleinman. We both use she, her pronouns. We're your co-hosts to help you get informed and get involved. It's your city. Let's jump in. Today, we're talking about the next city council meeting coming up Monday, March 21st. We'll be touching on a few interesting agenda items, including parking, police contracts, and a permanent city administrator, and offer some ways for you to get involved. A quick process note, we record this a few days before the council meeting, which means there will likely be some changes to the agenda between now and then. First up, we are switching things up by moving our pod keeping section, usually at the end of the episode, to the beginning. Molly, why are we doing this? Well... Uh, because we have decided to nominate ourselves for the best local podcast in Washtenaw County. And we would love your help with this endeavor. Uh, so best in Washtenaw is a thing that's run by the eCurrent magazine. And, uh, the way the process works is anyone can nominate in a whole bunch of different categories and you, uh, the nominations are open until May 30th. Uh, and we will be in the local podcast category under arts and entertainment. So you don't, you're not going to see things to choose from. You literally just type in the thing that you want to nominate. You can nominate us once a day. So the way this will work is that the six entries that have the most nominations will move on to a final, and then there will be a chance to vote for the best, the best of Washington. Uh, so what you can do is go and vote for us today and then maybe just keep a little tab open in your browser or on your phone or both and just vote for us once a day. It takes like less than 30 seconds, which I know because I have been voting for us every day. Uh, I think when I told Jess she thought I was being dramatic, right? You, She's you- like, we probably shouldn't tell everyone to vote for us every day. And I LOL'd because I was like, no, that's still, we'll do the once and then I'll see you in June. Nope. Right. Molly's been going in every single day. Thanks, Molly. Uh, so, and you can too. And hopefully we'll, you know, we'll make it into the finals to be the best local podcast of Washtenaw. I have to admit, I don't know what the other local podcasts of Washtenaw are. So I, I know I'm actually looking forward to learning more about our category. So we'll drop yeah. that link in the show notes. So it's really easy for you guys to find. And Hey, while you're there, like there's a bunch of cool categories in there, of course, restaurant and places to hang out, but also like local activist, if you wanted to do that and local musician, like there's a ton of fun categories. So and feel free to take a look. Through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing just that we wanted to point out that's in the show notes is just a fun thing we came across this week, which is Fiona Apple, which if you are of a certain age, you may remember and love Fiona Apple as I do. And she has gotten super involved in court watching, uh, which during the pandemic has been virtual. And it's specifically in the state of Maryland. I don't I don't know why Maryland she doesn't live there. But I guess Maryland legislators are, are like on considering a bill that would make permanent virtual access to the courts. And she made this really adorable video about how you can call in and support it. And it's basically like a perfect how-to of how to engage with your legislators. And so we thought it was a great, a great little tool and we wanted to share it. She got informed and she got involved and it made our Gen X hearts so happy. And so we're going to drop a link to that video in the show notes. If you want to see an old flash fashion blackboard and Fiona Apple talking about her phone phobia, highly recommend worth the two minutes. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so another thing worth celebrating 
is us. We're at episode 50. Good for us. We did it. It's our 50th episode. It's hard to, it's hard to believe. It's amazing. (laughs) In some ways, I feel like yesterday was the first one. In some ways, I feel like we've been doing this forever. Yeah. All right. So we wanted to talk a little bit about our favorite moments from the first 50. Uh, So Molly, I'm going to tee you up first. What's, what's on your mind that's been fun for you? You know, it was hard to pick, but I definitely have had a lot of fun with the deeper dives, which feels like a lesson for us in terms of something to maybe bring back when we have a little bit more bandwidth. Uh, I I mean, your deeper dive on zoning was really epic. It felt like such an incredible class on zoning for me uh, and I think for a lot of other people too. And then I I really enjoyed doing the deeper dive on healthy streets um, because as you know, those are that's one of my pet things that I love uh, and having a chance to really just info dump to all of you about a thing that I care about was really fun. Mm -hmm. And we heard that in last year's survey too, when we uh, asked listeners to tell us, what did you love? A lot of you told us the healthy streets deeper dive. So that was fun to hear. And the zoning Um, deeper dive. And the zoning one. Yes. Yes. I, I've actually been really pleased at the positive feedback that I've gotten and a ton of listeners who have let us know offline what they liked. Uh, they really found the budgeting episode, healthy streets and the zoning deeper dives to be really useful kind of keys into unlocking understanding about the city a little bit more. So a couple of things that stand out for me. Do you remember Molly, that episode, uh, not quite a year ago where the three of us, you, Michelle and me interviewed each other. Yeah. That was so fun. That was so fun. And I learned so much about you guys. I feel like we all came out to each other on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we knew all, we had to have known already, right? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we, we did learn some things on air, which I appreciated. (laughs) And it was just a really fun conversation. And then another thing that stands out to me, (laughs) I have really loved Molly's journeys. So (laughs) listeners, uh, longtime listeners may know newer listeners. uh, She hasn't done one of these in a little while, but every now and then Molly will share with us how she comes into an issue with an attitude or an understanding and learns about it a little more and tells us either her journey towards changing her mind or towards solidifying the thing that she thought she knew. And I really love that because modeling that, like literally that journey, that thought process of how do I learn is so valuable and also fun. And it makes me feel less self-conscious when I don't totally understand a thing. So I would say interviewing each other and Molly's journeys have been highlights for me in the first 50. Thanks, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Happy 50. Happy 50th. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. Moving on from ourselves to the city council agenda. We've got a couple things on the consent agenda this week we wanted to talk about. Yeah, Jess? We, we did want to talk about them. And when I say talk, we wanted to be a little tart. Um, so <laughs> I, I will start the tart. Uh, CA6 is a parking enforcement agreement between the University of Michigan and the city. So all this agreement does is solidify the university reimbursing the city for a portion of enforcement expenses for parking enforcement. The last contract, this has been going for uh, the better part of a decade and a half. I think the last contract expired December 31st of last year. This is basically a renewal of the last one. I'm glad to see that we can reach an agreement with the university. I am frustrated to see that it is enforcement. I would like to see an agreement that had more to do with strategy. We really bumped our noses on this, on that damn bridge, right? Like Mm -hmm. we clearly do not have shared visions for what our right-of-ways should and could be doing for us. And 
seeing an agreement for enforcement, but not a plan in place for how we are thinking about ourselves as municipal and institutional entities into the future. This, I mean, this is a really basic nuts and bolts, you know, piece of governance. And it was frustrating to see. So I would love to see our two bodies do better future planning. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say about CA6. I have nothing to add on that one. So I'm going to jump <laughs> right in to CA9, uh, which is the resolution to approve the collective bargaining agreement between the city of Ann Arbor and the deputy police chiefs effective January 1st, 2022 through December 31st, 2024. So last year, we talked about the these this particular collective bargaining agreement. So this is the contract. There are a few different units within the police that have contracts under different bodies. And so this one is the deputy police chiefs. Last year, there was a one-year contract. And that was in part because there had been a lot of more public attention than usually on police contracts. We've been learning, I think, as a nation about the ways that these police unions and these collective bargaining agreements really limit accountability and oversight and make it really difficult to make certain changes that I think a lot of people would like to see in how um, how cities deal with their police forces. So the idea was like, okay, well, we need a contract. So last year there was going to be just a one-year contract that would and that would give us time to do some deeper diving um, as a city and maybe some more public attention and engagement um, to this contract before the next longer contract. A year has passed. We have this two-year contract before us, and there has not been public major public engagement or major fixes to the things that we know are problems, both in like police contracts nationally and specifically here in Ann Arbor. So for example, the task force that led to the creation of the Independent Community Police Oversight Commission or ICPA recommended a lot of binding oversight powers that the ICPA we have doesn't, they don't have those powers. Uh, and at the time that ICPA was being created just a few years ago, we were told that it was because the police contracts, the collective bargaining agreements would not allow that kind of oversight or accountability. So we could say that we were gonna give ICPOC this power to like access um, disciplinary records or make recommendations about disciplinary action. And none of that's actually allowable in the contract. And so therefore ICPOC does not have those powers. And so the, <laughs> the solution to that then is to fix the contract, right? So if we can't, if we can't impose oversight without fixing the contract, the next step is to fix the contract, but we're not doing that either. So that's why we're talking about this today. We're not going to dig into the specifics of this contract. I just, we really wanted to point out that despite the fact that there has been let's say more collective public attention to policing in Ann Arbor than there has been in the past. I'm not gonna say that there's a lot, but there's definitely been more. We still have this contract just gliding through in the consent agenda without any apparent changes to the status quo. And that means it's gonna be two more years till we have another chance to make these fixes that we have known for a long time that we need. So when we say get involved, this is the kind of thing that we mean, making sure that you're talking to your council members, making sure that you're talking to and listening to ICPOC and the recommendations that they're making. It is, it, it was um, 
not a great feeling to not only see this on the agenda, but to see this in the consent agenda. Consent agenda, as a reminder, is the part that everybody is expected to just vote yes on to save time. I'm, I'm still a little surprised, I guess I should admit that, that this didn't come forward under staff business or something like that, and just assume that there's going to be a community conversation about this, rightfully so. This feels, I, I rarely say this about council agenda stuff, but this feels a lot like just trying to slip it past without conversation, and it's really, really, really not okay. There is something on the agenda that we do think is very okay. <laughs> very okay. And that is DC3, the resolution to approve the hiring of Milton Dahoney Jr. as city administrator. So why are we talking about this? Last fall, Milton Dahoney was hired into the city of Ann Arbor as, a, as an interim city administrator with the understanding that he'd stay for maybe a year or a year and a half. And then council would take a next action looking for a permanent city administrator. This council item, this agenda item tells me council thinks he's doing a good job. He hasn't even been in the seat for six months. So I will say, speaking from my perspective on the DDA board, of course, not speaking for that body, but, you know, in my experience and working with him in different meetings and in different roles, I am so happy to see this. Milton's experience is hugely relevant and very timely for our city. And the way that he shows up to conversations and work to me so far has read as unflinching integrity and maybe most importantly of all honesty. From where I stand, he represents staff's interests to volunteers and electeds, and he carries out the instructions that he's given thoroughly while also thinking ahead. Like that infrastructure memo, dude, mm -hmm. I'm still crushing on that memo. Like that was really cool. So yeah. I hope council votes yes on this. I hope Milton says yes. I hope we all say yes. Yay, Milton. Yay. Yeah. So that memo, something we didn't put on our agenda to talk about, but that memo suggests that we needed a lobbyist. Remember, we were excited about this. The city needs a lobbyist at the state level, at the federal level, so that we can be advocating and trying to get more federal money. And on this consent agenda is a contract to hire a lobbyist. Yes, we said we needed one and now we're going to have one maybe probably. And so like, that's cool. Two weeks. That's right. So, I mean, probably that process was already in place, but anyway, <laughs> I was excited <laughs> to see that progress so quickly. Mm -hmm. So- mm -hmm. Yay for this one. Yay for this one. Uh, moving on to DC6, which is the resolution to approve downtown street closures for restaurant and retail use. So closing some downtown streets to cars started as a pandemic response, healthy streets, as we've talked about, although at this point we're not calling, we're not calling that healthy streets anymore. It's been really popular. And the Main Street Business Association has requested that it happen again, even though at this point we're mostly pretend, pretending that the pandemic is over. Turns out that opening streets to people and closing them to cars is really good for business. And so these Main Street businesses wanted to do it again this year. Some other areas of the city did not. So this year, the closures to cars are just focused on Main Street. You may notice that I keep, I'm trying to be very careful and always say, closing closures for cars, because we're not closing the streets. Closing them to cars means opening them for everyone else. This is one of those semantic things that I try to stick with, like how we talk about crashes, we don't talk about accidents. Anyway, these closures to cars will be Thursday evenings to Mondays, early mornings, beginning in early May and running through to Halloween. 
with the exception of West Washington, which will be 24 seven, no cars, which is really awesome and exciting. That's phenomenal. That's really, that's really great to see. So do you happen to know West Washington, which streets? It's in the thingy, the resolution, which I do have in front of me. It is West Washington from Ashley to Maine. So it's not a lot of West mm-hmm. Washington, mm-hmm. but it's more than none. So I can, I can read all of them. It's Main Street from William to Washington, West Liberty from Ashley to Maine, East Liberty from Maine to Fourth, and West Washington from Ashley to Maine. So it's going to create this little area around Main Street without cars, which I think is going to be really nice. And which I, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that the businesses are asking for this, that they recognize it. There's tons of evidence that improving pedestrian and bike infrastructure on a street actually improves business, even though a lot of business owners really fear those changes and worry about the loss of parking, especially like street parking in front of their businesses. But street parking spots actually don't account for a lot of the business at most of these um, businesses. Well, and I think I, I want to tease out concerns a little bit there because they're not all downtown business owners are the same and the not all concerns are the same. So restaurant and retail owners often have different concerns and priorities than, for example, office owners do or building owners do. Um, the I, I know there's an attorney uh, I know who works for an office downtown and they have concerns about proximate parking because most of their clientele is over 65. Um, and so they have mobility challenges um, and not just challenges, but let's say mobility sensitivities and are unlikely to come to the office if parking feels like it's a hassle. I will say talking to the restaurant owners and the retail shop owners and managers that I know throughout the pandemic, most of them said if they hadn't had the street closures, they wouldn't have been able to survive because of the closure of the interiors, right? So they were able to move uh, merchandise to the sidewalk. They were able to move dining to the sidewalk in the street. And that allowed people to continue, you know, spending money, patronizing those businesses, supporting those uh, food service and retail workers in ways that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Uh, So those folks, I think, are much less sensitive about having parking directly in front of their businesses. They don't necessarily want it there they're more sensitive to loading and unloading concerns. And they're also sensitive to uh, curbside parking and pickup, essentially Uber and Lyft type services. Can they come and do that? To that end, I'm really pleased to say that the DDA is commissioning um, sometime this year, a curbside management study that will give us a lot more information about how we can treat the curb, not just streets or sidewalks, but the curb itself as infrastructure um, and maybe manage it more appropriately for everybody in the downtown. So I, I just wanted to add a little nuance to those kind of parking and street concerns. I keep coming back to, there was one general manager in particular, I talked to a number of times over the pandemic who she just kept saying we wouldn't have survived. We wouldn't have survived without the street closures. And I I think about that a lot. That's great to hear. And yeah, now even with the return to to indoor dining and the, the getting rid of mask requirements, some of these businesses are saying that this is still beneficial to them. And I know just as a person moving through the city, it's just so much nicer. And it gives us, it helps give us a vision for what life could be like with fewer cars on the streets all the time. Yeah. Fewer cars, more people. Yay. Yay. So that's it. This was a little bit of a light agenda this week for us. We didn't have a lot to talk about. So now that we're done talking about the agenda, I'm going to remind you. Let's talk about us again. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was going to talk about Best of Washtenaw again and say, as soon as you're done with this episode, just go Google Best of Washtenaw 2022 and it should pop up. It will also be in the show notes. Go to the arts and entertainment section, scroll down to local podcast, give us a shout. Maybe we can win ourselves a little local podcasting prize. And that would we could get a sticker. That would be awesome. <laughs> We could put it on the, the window of our non-existent physical space. <laughs> Best of Washtenaw 2022. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us 50 amazing episodes. We're here because you're listening on the other side. And we know it. We love the conversations with you online and in real life. And thanks for making this possible and fun. And that's it for this episode of Ann Arbor AF. Come check out past episodes and transcripts at our website, annarborafcom Keep the conversation going with fellow Ann Arbor AFers on Twitter at the A2 Council hashtag and Facebook in the Ann Arbor Housing for All group. And hey, if you want to send us a few dollars at ko-fi.com slash Ann Arbor AF to help us with hosting, we always appreciate it. We're your co-hosts, Molly Kleinman and Jess Letaw, and thanks to producer Scott Trudeau. Theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes. You can reach us by email at annarborafpod at gmail.com. Get informed, then get involved. It's your city.